Welcome to Queer Longing, a podcast where we discuss and explore everything that we're longing for and living for in our queer community. I'm Olivia Taylor. And I'm Lucy Cecil. Hello, Olivia. Hi, uh... How I'm, is it um, going? Yeah, I'm good. I'm 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 a bit thrown. We've just been discussing. You're in a different position today, and um, you look like you're comparing out like what would be our nightclub, which I wish we were at. Yeah, um, I'm in a different position, but not my giggliest position. <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah, your almost. Giggliest, but not giggliest quite. position was lying down, wasn't it? Yeah, giggliest position is always lying down. But yeah, I'm um, sat on my bed sort of a bit lying down a bit sat up absolutely cannot blame you no I've just been sat on my desk all day and you know I'm 30 now and it just hurts my back after a while I need to just like have the space to be me I completely agree with you being you I I love to see it so I'm happy for you (laughs) thank you so much it does mean though like you say that I do have to hold the mic like I'm like doing a call or something yeah Yeah, maybe you just you should just do bingo calls all the way every now and then throughout the throughout the show. That'd be really good for me. Two ducks are quacking. Twenty-two. <laughs> Shit, I don't have twenty-two. Oh, okay. Have you ever been to a uh, like bingo hall, like a proper one? Um, no, I've been to that like bingo that um you're supposed to enjoy. Oh, I ha- right. Bongo yeah, I hate that. bingo. Bongo's bingo. Hate. Yeah, that. I hate that. Yeah, I'm not I hate big, that I hate most. Yeah. <laughs> I've been with like with I've been with with work, and you know when it's just like peak organized fun. I, I just I can't get with with that life. And um, I can get yeah. with organized fun, but not not that organized fun. It's just not the one for me. Yeah, I love a bit of organized fun, but that the idea of bongos bingo makes me want to like be quarantined for the rest of my life. Like um, they tried to like suggest it as something to do at my work. Someone did once, and I was like, we are not doing that this is not the crowd for that <laughs> <laughs> mainly because i'm in the crowd but <laughs> um okay but i would really like to go uh to like um do like a bingo in like a mecca bingo or whatever because i think it'd be really fun yeah i remember i had a friend in high school whose boyfriend um used to work at gala bingo oh yeah so we used to sometimes go and pick him up and he'd be like wearing that uniform and things but we never really went in i think she did but sure. We did not. So that's about as close up as I've come to um, being in a traditional bingo hall. But yeah, I would like to do that too. Any sort of, you know, sedate group activity is lovely for me. Absolutely. And I hear the pints are really cheap. So, Oh, really? That sounds so nice. Yeah. Maybe we should suggest it at the next Diva Fest. Oh, that would be so good. Oh, do you think there's going to be a Diva Fest this year? Probably not. Yeah, probably not i mean it's meant to be in october and who knows what the vibe is going to be in october but um yeah tricky tricky but um other than bingo what are you living and longing for this week lucy oh right well um this week um i am living for it's a very tiny little accomplishment but i'm living for my marigolds that have bloomed oh very nice olivia I'm so pleased. You're very, you're very green fingered. You're a plant sim. <laughs> I am a pl- I totally am a plant sim at the moment. Yeah. Um, so I grew them from seed and it feels so nice to actually, you know, accomplish something. So <laughs> I feel absolutely living for it. Every morning when I pull back the curtain, I'm like, oh, how big are they going to be today? And they're like proper blooming now. So I'm really pleased with it. And they're such a nice color and I love them loads. So I am living for that. 
and I'm longing for, I couldn't think of anything for ages, haha, <laughs> I mean, as every week, um, mm. but it's, it's a stupid one, but I'm really longing for Celebrity MasterChef, which is the best incarnation of MasterChef. <laughs> well, I hate MasterChef, as you know, because I don't like things that seem like they're in bunkers, yeah. but Celebrity MasterChef is different and i too am excited because bag of chips is going to be one of the contestants exactly yeah there's a couple of great contestants going on in in particular bag of chips can't wait to see what she's got to bring to the table literally um but yeah no uh we love any sort of master chef in this household and every now and then we like we don't really watch much as you would say linear television um but every night every now and then we put on the tv and we're like when is celebrity master chef gonna be on come on like we're desperate for it so we need it longing for it bring it to us who else is going to be in it other than bagger uh so yeah from what i've seen you've got bagger chips you've got oh yeah you've got um andy murray's mom what's her name karen oh yeah love her judy judy murray yeah yeah she loves to be on things yeah john barnes the old footballer um and uh dom littlewood off of like doing all things to like he's the kind of person you would have expected to be on it already which always happens on celebrity master chef i'm always like yeah, i swear they were he, on last year <laughs> he was on celebrity mastermind when i worked on that show uh, very, okay. nice. <laughs> very nice <laughs> you know that, um that they both have a big drum and bass career now what no. yeah they're like they're like big time drum and bass djs oh my god amazing okay well mm-hmm. good to know um, as you know, I'm a big fan of drum and bass. If you listen to our last podcast, <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll be doing Tuesday Club for the freshers, but a socially distant version. Oh my god, you could have hoped and dreamed of a socially distant Tuesday Club back in the day. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so that is why I'm logging for it. It's a bit silly, but you know, the little things, Olivia, the little things. What are you living and logging for? Well, I am living for, as I uh, mentioned in passing before my Zoom was getting all glitchy and I had to rejoin, Sims Jungle Adventure. So I'm living for it, but it has ruined my computer by, well, I assume, this is a defamatory statement, I assume it's all my Sims things ruining my computer, like making it all slow. It might not be. But yeah, um, Sims Jungle Adventure is fab. I just wanted my Sims to go on a vacation. Oh, is that, Uh, is it like you go on vacay? Yeah, so it lets you go on vacation and there's like a couple of different spots you can go to, but it's like in the jungle. Oh, and then yeah. you go on different, like, it's good because it kind of blends like the desire to go on vacation through The Sims, but also just like a standard quest video game. Oh, okay, that's cool. Because you have, you go like, have to go into this, like, um, these like ancient ruins and like do some excavations and like work out different things to like examine them to like do the right thing so you can like progress and not get electrocuted and stuff that sounds cool um, yeah and it's like quite easy to complete but you know it was on offer and it was like 8.99 well spent just like give that a little go oh, yeah. and um i made one of my main sims pregnant to see if she would give birth on vacation they can't give birth on vacation oh can they not no they have to go home oh do they is it like you need to go home because you're about to have the baby or it's just that it will tick over to when they go home they no, they just literally like walk around looking like they're gonna just like burst being an absolute clip until they till you like make them go home (laughs) and then they have it right away as soon as they get home they must not they haven't got it set up in that way um does sims 4 do the thing if you go on vacation where like when you come back from vacation, it's the time before, or is it actually the few days later? Because in Sims 2, it's, it's always later, the time I think, before. I think it's a few days later because I had bills. 
<laughs> you definitely got bills after vacation. Yeah. So I think it was a few days later because as well, she went home to have the baby and I just kept the rest of them on vacation. So why should they stop their good time? So, um, <laughs> so I was kind of like dipping in and out of both households, which I enjoyed because I felt like it was like an episode of EastEnders where I could like follow some different storylines in real time, in Sims time. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, has she had a baby now? Yeah, she's had the baby now. What's um, baby called? Uh, what did I call him? Oh, I called him Bryceland. Stunning. Love it. Yeah. Great. <laughs> They've they've all got B names. Oh, okay. And there was a, there was already a boy called Bryce, and so I just called him Bryceland. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought that could be like the mini version. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, perfect, great. Love to, love to hear about it. Um, yeah. What are you logging for? Um, I am longing for, I mean, she's probably not going to want to after she's heard me go on about The Sims for about 45 minutes, but I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to see my girlfriend at the weekend. Yes, absolutely. Now that we're allowed to be in a space bubble. Now we're allowed bubble. To, to bubble together. Hubble bubble, yeah. toilet trouble. Yeah, um, I say Boris bubble, hopefully he won't be in it with us. But, um... Ew, no, let's <laughs> not call it that. Um, yeah. It will be in a bubble, hopefully. Um, but yeah, we're just like finding out some bits and seeing if that will be possible. Yeah. And yeah, that'll be so nice. And I'm really, really longing to, as you can probably imagine, have a Sugo Pasta Kitchen delivery. Oh, is that is that on the is that on the cards? Well, it's either that or it's Siam Smiles. Either oh, or. both very good choices. Very mm. good. Ah, yeah, we mm. haven't done we haven't done a Sugo delivery. Um, but or a sign smiles actually, but we and we love sign smiles. Maybe we'll do that because we we tend to just keep getting pizza because we love pizza so much. Oh okay, uh, <laughs> pizza. Pizza. I like if I've had quite a lot of drinks, but if I'm like going in for the like really good food experience, then yeah. But Rudy's is open, so you know that's fab. I would have that without loads of drinks, <laughs> but I I just associate pizza with like a lot of beers. Yeah, well, we, we're usually having a lot of beer and pizza. Um, and we get it from the old Abbey Tap House, which is near us, and our really great pub who, like, help out in the community and stuff and are struggling at the moment, re-COVID lockdown. So it's nice to support them. And also they do nice pizza, and you can get takeaway pints, which is a dream. Oh, that's interesting. So is it pick-up? Yeah. Yeah, so you okay. order it, and then you go and pick it up. Or they will deliver it if, if you want, but um, it's yeah. close to here, so we just go and get it. Well, that's good to know. So, yeah, shout out to these businesses. Yeah, um, <laughs> business say. corner, Manchester business corner. Yeah, business insider. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably what I am um, living and longing for. And um, what do we normally do next? Well, um, as it's another week, it's time to go to the news desk um, and half the press from you, Olivia Taylor. What's been going on in the queer world of news as it were well i wish i could give better news than what is actually happening mm. um as we all know um you know the global pandemic rages on um and black lives matter um continues which obviously in that sense is 
great news that the support is still ongoing but obviously it's a really hard time for a lot of people and um everyone um well a lot of people are feeling very very heavy at the moment so it's really important that um we continue as um especially for ourselves as two um really privileged white cis women to do all the work that we can to educate ourselves and to keep things going long past these next couple of weeks so that's like something that I know um, we've been looking at um, this week and sort of into the future of um, of what we do. So yeah, I guess that is still continuing. Off the back of that, um, there's also been as a sort of third rung to all of this, um, a couple of stories, unfortunately, around turfism. Um, one of them we obviously all know is about J.K. Rowling. Um, and her really bizarre essay that she published this past week in defense of her um, comments that she had made previously. Um, it, to me, it didn't seem like a defense of that at all. It was just a confirmation of um, her stance as a turf, in, in my opinion. And um, fortunately, a lot of people who have been previously associated with her, Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, to name a few, have um, spoke out publicly to distance themselves from her and her comments, um, which has obviously been really good. But yeah, you know, it continues to hurt and confuse a lot of people, ourselves included. Yeah, absolutely. So like she did a few tweets and she did this bizarro blog post which is just full of like unsubstantiated claims and like it's like she's doing a who's who of I'm a turf I'm gonna do all of these like you know the classic um things to bring up as a turf she's really ableist in it as well which is really grim um and uh she kind of I think like more than anything it's like uh, so, you know, it's super scary. She's a powerful woman. She knows what she's doing. She knows what power and sway she has. And she's actively using that to try and uh, disenfranchise people for like, no, what I cannot see no good reason for it. Like, and she doesn't want to listen. Uh, she's used the classic defense of, oh, I've got like one trans friend. So, you know, I know what I'm talking about and blah, 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 which is just never good enough. Um, and like, yeah, the blog post is full of like, basically like wild claims that aren't really founded on anything and things that she pushes forth as facts that aren't actually facts which is really dangerous because there are a lot of people she has a huge audience there are a lot of people who will not have really ever heard of um a lot of this sort of discourse as it were and will go into that read that and might be swayed by it which is really dangerous um and poisonous um what uh what i found useful was um uh there was um a guy on Twitter sort of responded to it, um, Andrew James Carter, which is at Carter underscore Andrew J. And he does this like 25 point bullet points, which goes like through the blog post and tells you basically everything that she, how, how she said it, like how it's lies. It's not substantiated on facts. And these are the actual facts. And like that, I found that really useful. So I'll put that in the show notes as like something to reference if you're, if you're not sure, or if you just want to know, you know, what's actually true and right. Um, yeah, yeah really I, I think I think that would be a great resource because having um, when I spent the sort of first five ten minutes reading the response, I think it would be really easy to feel really sort of gaslit and confused by it because exactly. um, the whole idea of it being a defense implies that she is trying to um, sort of go against um, p- 
people casting certain um, wrong aspersions about her in the first instance. But all she seems to actually do is confirm them in this really sort of roundabout, confusing way. So I think, yeah, to have resources that kind of cut through that and make you see, you know, you're feeling unsettled by this because it is unsettling. Here are the reasons why in sort of black and white is very helpful. And, you know, I think like all of us um, who have had, who've sort of grown up with Harry Potter and had that sort of legacy that we've taken with us from childhood to adulthood, it's really hard to reconcile all of those feelings and memories. And like we were saying about Lady Gaga last week, I think for a lot of people, Harry Potter and the Harry Potter world has been the same. It's kind of um, allow people who felt like they didn't have a space in the world um, sort of creatively or otherwise to feel as if they had one and sort of metaphor for um, belonging and, you know, maybe not finding your people in the first instance, but there are people out there like you and you will meet them. You will have valid and real connections and don't let anybody tell you who you are. Um, I think that, you know, as we all know, spoke to a lot of queer people and I think having spoken to you and a lot of friends this week about it, I think it's really important to not sort of further um punish ourselves by holding on to those memories because i think that um we can still hold them close without holding her close who is the worst yeah absolutely yeah like um yeah we shouldn't have to uh bin all of those like nice memories we might have that are connected to the harry potter universe but we absolutely can put her in the bin because as much as um and you know we've had conversations as well about around the idea of with our friends and stuff around the idea of cancelling people and blah 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 um but uh and you know we talk about how there has to be room for growth and there has to be room for people to um listen to other people and you know apologize for things and become you know better people but she has consistently come out on the wrong side there is a there is a wrong side to this and she is on it like and there is no argument there shouldn't be no any argument but like you know she is not redeeming herself in any way and she can get in the bin as far as I'm yeah concerned. and i think it's important to um take into consideration that there are more people um outside of jk rowling who make up the harry potter legacy yes she wrote the books but there are so many other contributors to this world and this legacy and this memory and it's really important to have that um as a consideration when we sort of look at what harry potter and that world means to us as as queer people and as people who actively don't support turfs and turfism um also on the subject of um, TERFs and TERFism, there have been some developments this week um, with L'Oreal and the ongoing dialogue between L'Oreal and activist Munro Bergdorf. We've spoken about this on the podcast before. Um, Munro was initially um, employed by L'Oreal Paris last year and was dropped when basically um she was the subject of um a turf led witch hunt which led to her being dropped from the brand really unceremoniously and with no support during a really really difficult time um they've never um released to my knowledge anyway any sort of um any sort of real public statement surrounding this um until recently when she actually um, spoke to L'Oreal um, this past week and it seems as though they're going to be collaborating again in the future 
there is a new president and a new sort of board of directors on L'Oreal now who are really keen to listen to Munro and um, what contributions she can make to make them a better business. And um, she is now going to um, work as a consultant sitting on their UK diversity and inclusion advisory board. So I think that this is an example of, you know, I don't think that Munro was in any way obliged to do this work at all like she has been treated really really poorly by them will be well within her rights to you know cut ties forever but I do think it's a really sort of good story of how um how brands can actually learn and grow and like what you were saying um it does seem that these efforts that are being made are genuine um I hope they are and you know we can only sort of go forward and um yeah just just have faith have faith that that is the truth and you know munro now has a really good support system and hopefully you know the same thing isn't going to happen twice and that real change is going to come out of this and i think you know her sort of speaking up for this consistently over the past year or so um has shown what it means to be a true activist and that, you know, good can come out of what was really a horribly traumatic time for her. Um, so yeah, you know, they, they, they have a lot of reparations to make, but hopefully they will. And it's the start of, you know, a really sort of healing and useful collaboration and that other people can kind of take note of that and other big businesses can maybe learn from what they go on to achieve together so hopefully this is a good story that came from what was a really quite bad one yeah definitely i think like um it it shouldn't but it does or has in the past takes a lot for a brand to admit they were wrong in a sense so it's good for a huge brand to be like no we were wrong we should not have treated you like that and we do want to learn from you and we hope that we can and therefore will you come back and do this um, and actually we want to do that with you which is really good and hopefully yeah it does lead to actual change and they do learn from her because she has a lot to give them she's she's a, a great powerful voice so hopefully um it it works out so on from the news this week lucy what has been keeping you entertained this week quarantine yeah, I mean, it's been a while since we did like a sort of uh, general chat about what we've been watching, reading, listening, etc. And I have, uh, let me tell you, I have watched so many things. <laughs> oh, I'm, Unreal. I'm jealous. Yeah, I mean, it's not that many when like, if you think about how long it's been, but it's like quite a few. <laughs> and sometimes I come okay. to this and I'm like, I've done nothing. I've seen nothing. So, <laughs> but um, I've watched a bunch of really good films. Um, uh, a few queer ones and a couple that I just want to shout out that were really good. So my, like, this is like little queer, queer film corner. Have you ever seen My Own Private Idaho? No. With, uh, it's like a film from like the 80s. It's got Keanu Reeves and River Phoenix in um, as like these two young like hustlers on the streets of, oh God, I can't remember what, some one of the cities of America, I can't remember which one. Um, and it is, it's great. It's like this weird it's weird because it's this weird mix of like a retelling of um, one of the Shakespeare's, I can't remember which one, and also like the story of like a street sex worker um, who's also an addict. Um, 
which and the reason it's a weird mix is because the guy who wrote it basically had like three scripts and he smashed them together because he had the opportunity to make a film and he just wanted to do all the parts which is like <laughs> kind of makes for a weird like um film experience but it's really really good and there's this one part in it so um basically they are um sex workers they're both um men who have sex with men for uh, money and um keanu reeves plays like um a rich kid who's like um living on the streets because he's rejecting his like uh rich parents life etc blah 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 um and then you have river phoenix who is actually it's sort of as it goes through um is more of like a queer character and um he is like in love with uh Keanu Reeves's character and there's this just amazing scene where they're um by this fireplace in the desert they've like run fireplace not fireplace a fire what would you call that fireplace campfire okay yeah they've like gone they've like run away from the city they're going somewhere to find one of their they're, they're trying to find River Phoenix's mom and they like go out into the desert and there's this amazing scene where uh River Phoenix like uh confesses his love to uh, Keanu Reeves basically but it's the like it's the tenderest bit of writing and film I've ever like seen I like really really struck me and I just thought it was so like lovely and beautiful and I can't get it out of my head like it's it's really like inspired me to be like I want to be able to write things that are that tender it's so well done so I totally recommend going through all the weird Shakespeare stuff to get to that <laughs> scene by the campfire do you know what which of which of the plays it's based on it's one of the uh royal ones one of the kings someone the somethings (laughs) that i cannot remember which one henry the something that i couldn't say because i don't know those ones so much um but yeah no it's 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 really good um i recommend that and then the other night i was um i'd come to bed and i was like ah you know i could watch like six episodes of some stupid tv show i'm watching or i could actually watch a film that classic thing that happens to me all the time and i was like i know if i'm gonna watch something i should watch something i could at least talk about on the podcast so i watched love simon oh have you seen love simon yeah it's so cute yeah (laughs) i really liked it because it was like you know obviously it's high school so i liked it and it's queer so i liked it um i thought that it did like a good job of like depicting like awkward flirting and you know things that happen to people when they're trying to come out and stuff like that and like I just thought it was good you know it's not like the most intensely like uh film laden with really overwrought messages about this and that or queerness and stuff like that but it's you know but you know my stance on that which is like we deserve all things yeah that's exactly what I was gonna say as we've said before we deserve even the shitty like teenage rom-coms and here is one um and I thought that was really nice to watch and I very much enjoyed that um yeah so I I thought that was good and then I've also watched uh eighth grade if you watch did you watch eighth grade I thought this this is one of those this is one of those films that we absolutely wanted to go and see in the cinema I remember saying it like loads of times but never went so it's like the first (laughs) film written by um do you know Bo Burnham who was like a YouTube comedian Yeah, yeah it's like his first writing directing debut and it's just like about this girl in eighth grade and it being like the last few weeks of school or whatever in eighth grade before she goes to high school and it just is so good it's so funny like made me laugh so much in a way that i didn't think it would and it's really 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 good at capturing the awkwardness and like absolute embarrassment and cringiness of being like a 14 year old girl and trying to become popular and like you know navigating all of that 
Um, and like me and Izzy were like squealing with pain at like how like good it was at depicting that. So <laughs> um, I totally recommend it. It's a really, really good film. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple other ones, but I, w- I won't go into them right now because there's too many and I'll save them for another time. Have you watched any good films or TV recently? Um, I watched one film. Um, I watched, as I'm sure a lot of people did when it sort of came back onto the front of um, Netflix, which was American Son with Kerry Washington. Uh, okay, yeah. Have you watched that? No, I haven't. So it's basically, it's about, it takes place in one room and when I was watching it, I felt like it it felt like it should be a play rather right. than a film, to be honest. And then I researched it and apparently it is a play. So that makes total sense. But I think, you know, obviously because it's a film, um, that gives it a much sort of wider reach. And um, the message behind it is obviously still the same. So I think it's really great that it's been made into a film, but I can see it being even more powerful on the stage. Um, so it tells the story of this family. Um, it's Kerry Washington is a mum and she's at a police station waiting to find out what's happened to her son who has gone missing. And um, it basically is a depiction of um, obviously, well, police brutality in America against black men and black people but also microaggressions from um, white people to black people and systemic and systematic racism all in one room, basically. And um, also a little bit of um, sexism and misogyny thrown in as well. Um, yeah, and it's kind of what what happens when it, it first starts off between um, her being worried mum, not knowing where her son is, and a police officer who is not really doing much to help her kind of hurry this along and to find out where her son is. Um, and it takes place, it sort of feels like it's in real time. And then it's things like, so her um, husband turns up who she's sort of um, estranged from, they're separated. And he is a white man who works for the FBI. And um, as soon as he arrives the policeman um treats him as if he's the police sergeant and never for a moment thinks that he's married to Kerry Washington and there's kind of all of this fallout that happens um from that and I don't want to do spoilers of what happens in the end but it is a really emotionally wrought story and very sort of intense all taking place within these sort of four walls um so I think you know as we mentioned earlier, there's been um, a, there's been a real sort of effort for people to want to educate themselves on these issues and to find resources to help them do that. And um, I think this film is um, a really good place to start that will sort of show you a small a small sort of insight into police brutality and racism in america so um yeah i would i'd recommend that yeah that sounds really good i will definitely add it to my list that has reminded me um actually that um that we watched a film called fruitvale station which is uh like retail like a like a sort of fictionalized as it were retelling of the last day and sort of hours of oscar grant's life who is uh, it's like based on a true story a black man who was killed by 
police in uh San Francisco San Francisco San Francisco um and it's got Michael B Jordan uh starring as Oscar and that is it's a really brilliant film and it really uh does a really great job of you know depicting like a black man's life post coming out of prison where he's been for like a petty crime struggling to you know restart his life as it were post that it shows him as a man who loves and is loved and has his life just taken away in like an instant by a cop so um yeah that's also a really good film i'd recommend that is interesting for what i was going to talk about next which is actually a book recommendation it has been doing the rounds since last year it's been an incredibly popular um book and it is called um an american marriage by Tayari jones um it won the women's prize for fiction last year and it's an international bestseller um yeah really sort of critically acclaimed and i just finished it today and it was just so excellent the like you were sort of talking about earlier about um depicting sort of tenderness in writing and introspection and the kind of smallest parts of um sort of unpacking emotions um this writer does so well and it kind of centers on similar themes which is uh, about newlyweds um celestial and roy and um it sort of talks a little bit about their relationship it's all sort of epistolary in style and um it starts where they're at um, a motel and basically what happens is is that roy is accused of raping a woman and that did not happen um it was a wrong place wrong time um conviction and um he gets sentenced to 12 years in prison for a crime that he didn't commit and it's kind of how they get through that first part of him being incarcerated but this isn't really um this isn't really a spoiler because it happens quite early and it's not really the drama of of the story it's more kind of what happens afterwards but basically um after about five years of that 12 year sentence he gets out and um his his convictions overturned and it's about what happens when he gets out back into that world and back into what he thought was his marriage everything that's happened while he's been away what he's learned about himself and how he's kind of changed through this whole um traumatic experience and the characterization is just so amazing to read it's so compelling um the way that he kind of um, brings to life his sort of interior, sort of innermost thoughts is um, it's just, it's just such a really, really, such a really good book, just a really good book. So I definitely recommend it. I remember that like doing the rounds last year um, on like a lot of lists and stuff like that and thinking like, Oh yeah, one to add to the good reads of a thousand million books to read. So, but that is a stellar review. So I'll definitely be, um, basically poaching it off you as soon as possible have you been reading anything um i'm go uh i am reading girl woman other uh i'm about just over halfway through at the moment so um i mean and you've already spoken about that on this podcast uh i'm enjoying it a lot uh at the moment um and yeah i mean i I like it so nothing bad to say about it yet 
and I know people say some of the stories are not as good as the others. I haven't got to a really bad one yet, so I'm intrigued. <laughs> I don't think there are very bad ones, but I think there are just some really standout ones. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. On my full review, once it's once I've closed the back of that book, but um, uh, <laughs> apart from that, have you been uh, listening to anything? Watching anything else? I have. Um, I won't go through my normal podcast because everybody sort of knows what they are, but um, I have started listening to a new podcast, um, which is called, I don't know if you've heard of this, it's called Family Secrets. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've not and listened to I, it, but I've heard of it. I think it's from um, iHeartRadio. Okay, yeah. And it basically um, centers around a different person each episode and they reveal a big family secret that oh has been God. hidden for years. So it's just like, if you're living for the gossip, then get onto this podcast because there's That's just, gossip. you know, it is gossip. And, uh, you know, in, in, ev- in every family, there's always, to a lesser or greater degree, some things that are always kind of concealed or hidden, like everyone has a story to tell. And I think this is like a perfect format to unveil those things um yeah it's really interesting so is it like um people within a family telling each other secrets or is it like that there's family secret and they're they're telling it to the podcast one person the second second one right okay and it all came because um the person who um, produces the podcast um she was inspired to do it because she found out in her sort of mid 50s that the person that she thought was her dad wasn't um but both of her parents were dead by the time she found out wow so um she went on this journey to find out who her real dad was having little to no information to go off and she does find him but i haven't listened to her story yet um at the moment i'm just sort of working my way through um series one so Ah, that sounds good great wreck yeah um speaking podcasts i just wanted to shout out um i know it's podcast i've shouted out um a few times before but um there's a particularly poignant and good ep out at the moment um it's from fantai which i know i've spoken about before (laughs) absolute favorite podcast (laughs) i love it i love it um but it's um hosted by two black americans two black queer americans um and they did a very powerful and um very enlightening podcast called just entitled tired um which was with a sociologist and professor who's called dr joy degrew um and they just talked about um everything that's been going on in America, how it is exhausting for them as black Americans and black queer Americans. Um, And I just think if you want to hear more about what it's the experience is like for black people from two people who are very eloquent and very um, good at speaking about their own experiences, that is podcast I would recommend listening to. Also uh, the uh, professor that they have on, Dr. Joy DeGruy. She's the author of a book called Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, which um, is like her main theory. Um, and she just talks a lot about like white supremacy. And she has some really great, like, uh, as it were, sort of stories and examples, which put into very clear words what even the tiniest thing can look like. Um, even the tiniest instance of sort of white supremacy can look like in society, something you would never think of. Um, and she tells this story about going into a bank as a person, as a black person or a white person and observing how children of these people 
react within a bank setting like so um the children of black people are always told to like come here come here like never stray off and do anything whereas white children are like running about doing whatever they want um and it's uh she then goes to africa and she goes to a bank there and in a place that's uh just full of black people all the black children are running free doing whatever they want and it's just this um you know showing of how the history of white supremacy uh for black people in countries like america and other places is very much lingering which we know obviously but she just talks about it in a very very um informative way so i totally recommend that podcast and they are great podcast to listen to anyway as i've always said and i highly recommend great um i i listen to um well it's part of um the high low podcast but often sort of every few weeks i'll do an author special um that will take up maybe like a third or half of the podcast and a couple of weeks ago they had an author special with candice braithwaite um author of i'm not your baby mother which has been absolutely sort of skyrocketing um off the shelves the virtual shelves in um the last couple of weeks um and she's so funny and yeah um she was a really sort of great um she's a really great guest to have on but she does um tell this really really sad and um just disappointing and heartbreaking story about um how she is perceived um, as a black woman um, just out on the street living her daily life as a mum. And um, she talks about buying, um, I think the brand of the pram was called Bugaboo. It's like a really bougie pram. Um, I don't know about things like that, but um, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. It's like the Rolls Royce of prams, I believe. That sounds like the most, that, that kind of pram could sound like. Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um she she said she remembers um sadly um making a, a very sort of conscious decision to purchase one and she purchased it second hand not because she particularly really really wanted the pram but she knew that that pram um would act as a symbol when she was out and about in her daily life and that she gets read wherever she goes by people and um you know she said people um perceive her as being a black woman who is a single parent who's um you know the the father of the children is has run off or some kind of really depressing um trope that she says that she she gets read as and in order to be not perceived in that way she um, bought this pram so that when she's out in public, people will see her as the right kind of black woman. Um, and that's why she did it. And it's just, yeah, absolutely heartbreaking to hear things like that. Obviously, we know that there are huge problems with racial injustice that go on in the world and in the UK. But just hearing, I think, these individual stories and so many of them in the past couple of weeks, just, you know, really call to light um you know stuff that stuff that we would never even think about obviously you know everyone has an awareness of the larger issues at hand but i think it's these these kinds of stories which just really make it so um so visceral so real and um yeah just really really upsetting and unfair and unjust so um but also at the same time she manages to be really um really funny and um 
a really sort of um, interesting and great guest to have on as well as telling that sad story. So um, yeah, it was really interesting to hear her speak, follow her on Instagram. She's very funny there. Um, She has a lot of cute kids and yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, um, that's made me think about, I think we were going to talk about this new program on the BBC, I May Destroy You. Um, which we can go into because we both watched it. Have you watched? Have you watched? I've watched both apps that both are available. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, it, that that reminds me of in that where they depict um, that uh, it was like about a group of uh, black people in London, and they depict one of the uh, her friend, the main character's friend, going for an ad- advertising like campaign, and she gets like asked questions about her hair, um, mm. and it's just that thing where like the white people in the room think it's like a super casual thing to ask but for her it just it depicts that thing of like basically every situation being racialized for a, a like a black person and yeah. um i think they that's done really well um the show in general i think is like a is great it's you know it's about like the i mean i guess just to sort of as it were do a trailer of it um it's about uh, a woman who in the short of it goes on a night out um blacks out and then is trying to figure out she has like flash flash bulb bulb memories of like being assaulted she's sort of trying to to piece together that night as it were and then it's also about you know her extended friendships with people etc um and uh so there's only been two apps i think it's gonna be 12 which is you know quite a few and um Mm. i feel like already it's a really great depiction of like um consent in the modern age and modern age dating and what that looks like um and yeah i'm uh, I'm, I'm a big fan it's also very funny uh she's like a she's writing a, a second book because she had an original book from her like from being like on twitter called uh chronicles of a fed up millennial which made me laugh so much that's the most perfect like what that book would be called <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was really funny um and yeah, I'm really enjoying it. What do you think of it? Yeah, I I really like it too. I think the way that they um, position sort of narratives around consent in the modern age is, um, yeah, really interesting to explore. And also the character of Arabella, who, um, you know, on one hand has all of these hopes and dreams and is worried that she's peaked too soon by doing this book about millennials and can't seem to get past this writer's block and that sort of creative interior struggle and um I think yeah also how that's weaved with wider issues of race and consent and um sexual assault and relationships and friendships in a way that is like really sort of subtly weaved together um is probably quite a hard thing to do but it feels very effortless yeah definitely um i agree totally and i'm really intrigued and sort of excited to keep watching it see where it goes yeah i think that um it's gonna get a lot more interesting as it goes on it was a strong and it has been a really strong start um but i think that yeah the real as the story sort of develops and she uncovers more about herself and more about what happened on that night um, I think that, yeah, it's going to be a really compelling and interesting watch. So I'm really looking forward to the rest of that series. I also watched all of Little Fires Everywhere um, on Amazon Prime. I read the book um, a while ago, maybe about a month ago. And then um, 
watched it straight after on Amazon. It stars Kerry Washington and Reese Witherspoon. And Reese Witherspoon's husband is played by none other than Pacey from Dawson's Creek, my absolute <laughs> crush of life. <laughs> Were you reeling? You loved it. Love to see it. Yeah, love to see it. I mean, he just played like quite a boring dad in it, but I just love that he was there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it when people like that pop up and things. You're like, oh my god. Yeah, I like loved him so much. What a <laughs> dream boyfriend. Um. Anyway, um. Yeah, that that is um that was a really great series to watch. It is um set in the '90s in a place called Shaker Heights, and it's really funny how um how like 90s it is because to me 90s wasn't that long ago but it really just shows just how long ago it is and was like when Reese Witherspoon is on her phone in the car and says like oh like I'm running out of minutes I need to call Ah. you back (laughs) (laughs) Um, and stuff like that Um, and um, yeah it's 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 funny and um, it tells the story of this very upper middle class white family um of, of which Reese Witherspoon is the matriarch and um of another family that um Kerry Washington is the mom and she has a daughter who is called Pearl and Kerry Washington's character is called Mia and it is about sort of um, family secrets it's about um racism it's about classism and um how all of those things weave or don't weave um together um also a little bit in there a little bit of a queer storyline in there as well um and yeah it's got a bit of everything is it the best thing i've ever watched in the entire world probably not but it is dramatic and entertaining and it makes you think and um yeah it's a it's a good adaptation of the book so i would recommend it still yeah i've been um meaning to watch that actually but just have not like got around to it so Um, But I will. I will watch it. So those are all the bits that we've been sort of watching and podcasts we've been listening to. But we also like to always give you a little sprinkle of what we've been listening to in terms of music. Olivia, what is your track of the week? My track of the week this week is the absolute epitome of queer longing. And it is by a band that I really like called The Aces. Do you like them? I don't, not sure if I know them. The Aces. Yeah. You'll like them. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they've got a new um, album out and there's a song on that album called Kelly. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just like, it's basically like the queer equivalent of like that five colours in her hair McFly song. of oh. just like unrequited longing. So the lyrics are like, met a girl with a smile that I liked and her name was Kelly. Golden hair and her eyes are the kind make you feel like heaven. And I won't say the rest, it's very rude. And then we'll skip forward to less rude bits. Um, Oh, Kelly, what you doing? Please stop playing with my heart before you tear it right apart. You know, classic queer long lyrics. Um, And yeah, just about unrequited love for some chick called Kelly. And um, I can get with that. That sounds great. I very much look forward to listening to that. Thank you for bringing that to the table. (laughs) How about you? (laughs) Uh, My track of the week. So, I mean, mainly I have been listening to, obviously, like, can't really listen to anything else but Chromatica, but a few songs have snuck in. Um, And one of those is a new track from Novelist, which is called Stay With Me. And it's, like, super just, like, 
low-key really like sort of sultry really like sort of like a late night driving song you know when all the lights are flashing by and it's like about like being in love and wanting someone to stay with you and it's really nice and it has a really good like saxophone sort of solo going through it which i really enjoy so yeah would it or would it not would it or would it not be on gay gta oh it's definitely on gay gta a million percent yes (laughs) like for a nighttime radio station yeah, I'll I'll pass that on to the powers that be, aka us. Um, <laughs> yeah, great. I'll get it on the official track list <laughs> <laughs> for our for our game game release when we do one of those big, you know, like conferences where we release what the game's going to be. Oh yeah, I can't wait. Um, oh, I love games. Um, yeah. maybe maybe we've been in the wrong job all this time. Like spending all of this time on Sim Jungle Adventure is really making me think. Oh my god, yeah, we should be doing games, not podcasts. <laughs> mm. Shit, I think okay. probably after this particular episode, episode we should probably switch to games. <laughs> so we may not even agree with ourselves doing this very podcast. And maybe that's something we do add to our growing list of things that we don't agree with. It's time for... I don't agree with it. Olivia, what do you not agree with this week apart from us? <laughs> <laughs> well, this week, Lucy... Um, oh what it, it's annoyed me for ages but i've only just remembered that it annoys me and there's probably a reason for it and that is like the official way of describing something but i just find it to be really annoying which is when especially like you know like bloggers and like influencers who have things they're like trying to sell or they're you know talking about things they've bought yeah and if something comes in like more than one design or color they say a variety of colorways. And I can't tell you how much it annoys me. Colorways. Just say yeah. it comes in like four different colors. Colorways. Yeah. Also, because if it's like, surely the meaning of that word is that actually you, you can't say like four different colorways. You would say it, it's, it's like a, surely colorways is like a word for many. So you can't like describe it to like each individual thing. It'd be like, uh, it's in a colorway, which is, green blue pink maybe i don't know but i do i I do i love that you always have these really specific just like words and stuff that you don't agree with because i do as well i tend to forget (laughs) them but like you always remember them (laughs) i tend to forget them but then i was having a conversation with my mum the other night about something to do with this and i went oh god that annoys me so much and then i made the mental note then that i would remember it for this podcast recording so yeah i absolutely hate that and it is such a thing like i feel like you'll notice it more and it'll yeah. ruin your life i mean i can't hear the word dish anymore without cracking up so <laughs> <laughs> ruining everyone's life is great <laughs> i really am yeah maybe maybe i'm the common denominator here and i'll accept it um what, what don't you agree with this week um uh yeah speaking of things that really annoy you slash me uh my i don't agree with this week oh oh is being able to hear your neighbor's music. And I know I've done this about like being able to hear it on the streets. What I'm talking about at the moment is a far more localized individual issue to my very flat. Got new neighbors downstairs. And what can I hear all day, all night? The thumping 
base of their motherfucking Alexa or whatever their Alexa is connected to. And I know it's an Alexa because I can hear her in between things, telling them things about, I don't know, rock copper penguins or whatever. (laughs) But it is driving me insane. I am someone, I don't like being able to hear other people's music at the best of times, but this is a very bad time to not be able to leave the house and this be like, on a repeat every day all i can hear is the bass coming through and it's like i don't really care if you can like hear music a bit but it's literally they just have a, whatever they whatever sound system they have is like the bass is so loud and i don't even hate their music it's just that all i can hear is hmm, 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 hmm. what what are they listening to uh loads of different stuff but like it's it's not stuff i hate like it's it's mainly like modern like stuff that would be on the radio i guess i don't know but um i'm like i don't i don't hate it and like some 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 you know that you should sometimes are listening to like really great like um like 90s playlists and stuff like that which you know i'm totally into and i like the music but i do not want to like literally be able to like feel myself thumping as i hear it <laughs> and it's like really getting to me because like uh, i think i'm like you know this close to completely cracking and like this is like as as I each time I hear a beat, my string is being pulled tighter and tighter and tighter. <laughs> and I was like, if this is gonna go, because I think that usually I wouldn't really be here that much, and like it probably would annoy me as much, right? But because you're here all the time and you can't escape it, and because I'm sat in silence quite a lot, <laughs> it's it's very annoying. But anyway, that's why I don't agree with. Please just turn your music down. So I can only think of one person I would potentially excuse from being able to hear their bass constantly uh if they were to live in the flat below me for god knows what reason um and that person is our dear celine it's time for celine watch olivia what has um celine been up to has she moved in downstairs it, do i have to stop my uh hatred <laughs> what would you do if if you went down there to have a uh strongly worded conversation with the neighbors downstairs and it was the one and only Celine who opened the door I'd be like uh sorry I uh, wrong wrong number bye <laughs> I'm just <laughs> living my life um with love yeah, I get her and the pod every week to tell us what she's been up to <laughs> yeah totally and like she probably will install a gorgeous water park in your communal area so that'll be nice um <laughs> so um you know things are quite quiet no one's really going out or doing anything but what she has said is that she has announced her um courage world tour um will kick off again in 2021 and she has um announced a rescheduled she has announced a rescheduled show dates for europe stunning very good celine 2021 the year of literally everything (laughs) Yeah, and from memory, I think Manchester is late April. Oh, okay. Well, maybe by then we'll be flush enough to get some tickets. Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) I think that about wraps it up, doesn't it, Olivia? What a stunning time we've had on this, the podcast. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us, which we do always love to see, you can do that in the normal ways at Queer Longing on Instagram and Twitter, queerlonging at gmail.com if you want to email us. Um, 
literally tell us what you've been watching. What do you recommend listening to? What's your track of the week? Do you know anything that Celine's been up to that we don't? We'd love to hear it. <laughs> yeah, we want someone with more access to Celine. Absolutely. That's, that's who we want to hear from, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, please do get in contact. Oh, and as you have got ample time in your lives, maybe, probably, some people are busier than ever, but um, if you're not, uh, then just maybe take a little tiny, like, one to two minutes to leave us a little review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, And a review, no, not just a review, a rating as well would be (laughs) very helpful. We um, really do benefit from those things so if you think this is worthy listening to the very end of which i'm amazed if you're still here then please do leave us a rating and a review we would love it and whilst you're writing that stunning review i'm sure glowing all over we will be loving you leaving you and longing for you until next week good bye um it's really hard this week why is it so hard everything's hard i think okay